Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. A stepping stone of wisdom. That's what we need. This is a brave new world. It's 2022. How about some good advice? I think we've got some here for you. Entrepreneur is this amazing brand that has so many touch points, and we want to bring the folks to the table that uh, are pioneers, like my guest right now, Evan Goldberg, who is responsible for product strategy and development at Oracle NetSuite. And prior to Oracle, Oracle's acquisition of NetSuite, Goldberg was CTO and chairman of NetSuite's board, and he is also, oh, guess what? Founder. Oh, yeah. So today he's EVP and founder of Oracle NetSuite. Evan Goldberg, it's been a long time. Last time I had a sleepover at your place, that dog needed a haircut. How you been? <laughs> I've been great other than everything we've been dealing with since then. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a crazy new world we're in. Could you start, first of all, thanks for taking the time, but could you start, give us a little bit of a State of the Union for Oracle NetSuite. Here we are, 2022. Like I said, a brave new world, and it is kind of a brave new world because you got to be brave and bold. Fortune favors the bold. That boldness, I believe that Oracle NetSuite helps many entrepreneurs with that bold move forward in this strange new world. But let's start with the State of the Union for Oracle NetSuite. You know, we've really had an opportunity in the five years that we've been part of Oracle to sort of refocus on that entrepreneur. And, you know, that was where we started. You know, we always thought of ourselves as sort of a company designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, we've gone in the five years since we've been part of Oracle from 11,000 companies to over 27,000 companies that are using NetSuite to help them through those phases of hyper growth. When your product, your service is seeing a ton of traction, but you have to build an organization that can leverage that excitement in your customer base. Yeah. That's a huge growth. That's a wonderful growth. And it just, it's kind of proof is in the pudding that your growth was meteoric and you had to be able to deal with it and not have it stress you out. And especially going into these last, these last two years of this insanity, the pandemic world that is, I believe the new normal. I hate to say it because when somebody said it at one point, I was like, no, quit it. Everything's going to get back to normal. No, I don't think the world is ever going back. We need to learn from what has happened in this world and learn how to adapt and rise above it. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I think you're exactly right. There is a new normal that's going to take a lot of the lessons and some of the things that we've been able to do better. You know, certainly our ability to, you know, reach cross geographic boundaries more effectively with with things like Zoom. I mean, that's something that's not going away. There's a, certainly we can look back with hindsight and say there's a lot of travel that probably didn't have to happen. And there's and and maybe people's ideal, you know, work situation is not nine to five, five days in the office. That's sort of the obvious stuff that's going to get reexamined. And what's exciting for an entrepreneur is that it's during these times of sort of dislocation and disruption that there's so much opportunity. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing new companies obviously being built 
in the new normal. We're also seeing existing established companies make major pivots, yeah. selling direct to consumer, for example, because the you know the the retailers that they used to sell through or have in the past sold through are sort of less reliable as a channel. And um, so I I think it's a a really, really exciting time for the entrepreneur. All right. I love it. Um, I'm going to call this segment coming up surviving the comfort zone because it's, it's done. You're, you know, we're all disrupted here with what's going on. And um, EVP and founder of Oracle NetSuite, Evan Goldberg, joining us. We're going to talk about challenges impacting businesses and how maybe NetSuite and their their uh, all their platform can help. You may you may be going through something hellish right now that they could say, "Oh, we got a fix for that." Hang mm-hmm. on, everybody. This is Entrepreneur Weekly. There's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages. Well, this is Entrepreneur Weekly. I'm Alan Taylor, Entrepreneur Magazine on newsstands everywhere and entrepreneur.com where you can find all kinds of podcasts and stories and blogs and information to help you on your journey as an entrepreneur. My guest today is um, Evan Goldberg, who is the founder of NetSuite, now EVP and founder of Oracle NetSuite. They said for the last five years, they've uh, gone from 11,000 users of their product to 27,000 users. So they're doing something right. Maybe they can help you. Let's talk about challenges impacting businesses. And Evan, thank you again for joining us. From my ranch to your house, that is the new world we live in. Nobody would know that I'm not at a radio studio. My studio's in my home, and um, we do things differently. And you know what? I like it. So for me, it's not been a challenge. It's been a, oh, thank God. But there are a lot of people that don't feel the same way. So what is trending in the world of NetSuite Oracle, of things that you're helping people with? Can we start like that? Sure. Well, you know, we kind of look at, the benefits that we provide to organizations, really there's five of them. The most important probably is just visibility. So to be able to to see around the bends and, uh, you know, what's happening now, what's happened in the past, but, you know, what might happen in the future. And then, you know, sort of agility to respond to those changes. Control, because that's something you can potentially lose as your organization scales and you, you're not sitting in the same place as your employees and and you don't know all your customers, et cetera. Automation, just there's a, you know, there's a lot to do in a business and anything that, you know, we can eliminate sort of manual tasks just allows you to focus more on, on your mission. And then finally, collaboration, again, just the, vic, you know, the kind of the victim of growth is that close, close collaboration, yelling over the across the hall or, you know, right, right. Um, and, and so, you know, those are, those are kind of the, the key things that we focus on is how can we use technology to help you in those, in those ways. And like technology, it's got a great acronym. It's VACAC, <laughs> visibility, agility, control, automation, and collaboration, which is, the, it doesn't spell anything, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God. We decided to go with the actual substance rather than trying to craft a, uh, an acronym and then fitting the words into that. Right, right. Well, that would, thank God. Finally. I mean, you know, you break it out of that box, right? Right. <laughs> that is, that's too much. So for those that don't know, just give us the elevator pitch on Oracle NetSuite. How do you, when you get in an elevator with somebody and they go, hey, uh, what do you do for a living? You know, I don't know how that starts, but what do you say to them? Well, we say it's a business system that gives you everything you need to grow all in one place. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of organizations are familiar with technology that's just a hairball. You have 10 different systems and they don't work together. And and in that, that can happen pretty quickly, even when you're small. And uh, so that's sort of what we fight against and try to give you sort of just one place, one system that does, the you know, handles the bulk of the tracking, you know, management, and then the sort of the the reporting that you need and the insights that you need to grow. I think, and this is a true story, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm going to say it because it is such reality. And to me, clarity of thinking for me is to just say it out loud. Three years ago, I think was about the last time I interviewed you at the NetSuite event. And I, I run a nonprofit too that my father started 60 years ago. And as I was trying to merge my nonprofit into, you know, the 21st century from the old analog world that it was in, it has been such a nightmare. And what made me realize how far behind things we were was going to your event. And I thought to myself, man, we don't, we don't have anything. We don't have a dashboard. We got paper. We got paper. We're that far behind. But I am three years still trying to get everything into the digital world. Three years later we're still struggling with it. And I'm embarrassed to say that. And I know you do work with uh, nonprofits as well, but it just seems like an impossible thing to do to drag some of these old organizations into the future. Do you find that? We've had enormous success. As you said, it's a really important part of our business and our sort of mission as an organization. I mean, we give away NetSuite to literally thousands of small and medium-sized charities and social enterprises, you know, they really have the same needs. All those things that I said, they need that insight, that visibility. They, they, as they grow, you know, and as they disperse, they, you know, and they're more in many cases, more dispersed than your typical for-profit business. They may be doing, you know, they may be an NGO working, you know, across geographic boundaries. And so they, you know, all those things that I said, that, that collaboration, um, and the agility, um, you know, to, to change, yeah. to be able to change quickly. They need all those things. It's the full. It's the full package. They may not be looking for actually a return of profit to shareholders, but they are looking to maximize their impact and use their resources wisely. So we've had great response as we've been sort of you know pushing into that into that world over you know a couple decades. No, it's awesome. Um, yeah, we're going to have to have to talk afterwards because I'm exactly. pulling my hair out. Let me take a break. <laughs> One more segment with uh, Evan Goldberg from Oracle NetSuite. Just uh, keep listening. It's good. We'll be right back. to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Back with Evan Goldberg, EVP and founder of Oracle NetSuite. 
and uh, off air, I asked him about the net the metaverse, the netiverse. Yeah, I, and we both kind of laughed. It's a little early for that in this world, but um, I want to talk a little bit more, uh, Evan. Thank you again for being with us about supply chain, labor shortage, the real stuff. I'll give you an example. I took my truck in to get some work done on it because it had a light that came on in the dash. We used to call those idiot lights because mm-hmm. I'm the idiot that doesn't know what's wrong. And so I take it to my mechanic. He says, oh, it needs a, you know, a XYZ part. And I go, okay. He says, well, guess what? There's none on the West Coast. I found one in Boston. It can be here in five days. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is like it's a GMC truck. I mean, come on, every part in the world. Is it advanced auto parts down the street? No, it's not. Supply chain, brother. And I'm like, what the living hell? And then, you know, of course, in that couple of minutes of commercial, you talked all about all these things and AI and predicting and oh, and I'm like, holy crap, we got to talk about that. So supply chain problems, labor shortage, and using AI to predict what's going to happen in the future. Go for it. One great thing about the fact that everyone knows supply chain is it's much easier for me to describe what I do. I can just tell them, oh, we optimize the supply chain and, and I get knowing nods. Ah. <laughs> no, but it's obviously the disruption that's happened for product companies has been unprecedented and having to find new sources of supply and juggling who you're going to use for every, you know, each particular order has become a big challenge. And, and, you know, NetSuite has a lot to offer there. And we've really been focused on how to use the most advanced technologies to help businesses in this way. If you have an extremely important order for your best customer, that's the one that you want to optimize and make sure they have the best chance. And so we can look at history and really, you know, predict which suppliers will be best for that order and make sure that you you know your happiest customers stay happy. So that's the kind of stuff we're working on. It's really you know just practical uh, applications of AI, not AI for AI's sake, but can we really solve a customer problem with it? I love that. I got to get another example for my truck. I uh, backed into something at my ranch with a <laughs> you know big one ton dually, couldn't see, and a little tree branch broke a tail light. I called my friend at a wrecking yard. I thought well, maybe I'd get a tail light. He says to me, uh, Yeah, I can get one. He says. Um, but the guy says it's got a scratch in it. I don't trust this guy that much, so I'm waiting for a picture. And I thought to myself, isn't that interesting? The world I came from at my age is based on trust. And you dealt with people you trusted. And the, depending on the source where you sourced your product, if you trusted the guy and he said, I had it, you could say, all right, send it to me. And what happens is that because people you know, tend to not always be trustworthy, There has to be the verification. All right, trust, but verify. And in the world now that we are in, we are in the next generation of now we artificially predict through artificial intelligence, through looking at data. But it comes back to, again, dealing with people you trust. And so I just I love how we are literally moving forward in the evolution of business and we can do so much more in our small businesses today because of companies like Oracle NetSuite, because of this predictive stuff and, you know, the, the ability to have everything at your fingertips like Captain Kirk, you know. And, and that's what you guys do with the dashboard that you have and all the stuff that you guys are making uh, able to be used by small business, which is awesome. You're hired. <laughs> well, because I'm watching it happen. 
And it's just, it's great. And then, you know, we talked about the nonprofit side of this thing. For any of you folks out there in the nonprofit world, I run a nonprofit. And when you think about how much people get scrutinized that run nonprofit organizations and, you know, it's heavy. It is, it is enough to, to drive you to drink, if you know what I'm saying. So you really have to watch your P's and Q's. I know that entrepreneurs, you know, we, we run loose. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life and I've always run loose. But when I started running a nonprofit, I was like, all right, Alan, time to grow up and be a man and really take it, you know, advantage of the responsibilities you have and do the right thing. And I was like, yay, boy, I really got to keep good books now. So the reality hits you one day. It hits you and you need the right tools. If I'm out on my ranch and I drive up to my fence that's knocked down and all I have is bailing wire and a pair of pliers, I'm okay. But if I've got an electric fence, well, now I've got a different story. I've got other things to deal with. And what you guys have got now with these businesses that are dealing, uh, small business deals worldwide these days. So you really have to be prepared and have the right tools. Yeah. And I mean, we don't want to limit entrepreneurs' creativity. That's, you know, those sparks are what helps your business, you know, achieve hyper growth. But you do need to be able to test and make sure that your great ideas are working. And that's sort of where the numbers come in and why we say things like, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Yep. It's not it's not cookie cutter. It's, you know, you can't predict exactly what's going to happen, but you can be intelligent about it and have the data behind your decisions. Yeah, beautiful. Um, all right. That's my uh, half hour with Evan Goldberg. Uh, you guys can find out more about this if you just simply go to netsuite.com. And I'm sure you're going to just uh, noodle around in there for hours. Um, Evan Goldberg, you can uh, you can trust that this man knows what he's doing. He started NetSuite, sold to Oracle, stayed with the company. They've gone from 11,000 users to 27,000 users in the last five years since they sold. Um, hats off to you, Evan. Great job. Thanks, Alan, for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Here we go. Boldly into 2022. Check out NetSuite. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The Maloof Foundation is confronting this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But this cause can't be won alone. Learn how you can join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F Foundation.org. <laughs> listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. You know, last night I was sleeping and I was thinking about a little remodel project I'm working on on one of my properties. In my mind, was trying to figure out where to put the door to go into the bathroom and how far the door should be from the wall and should I put a heating system in there or is just a heat lamp good enough for a bathroom? This is going on in the middle of the night. I woke up and my wife wakes up and says to me, you awake? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm thinking about that damn project. And I go, but I'm thinking about it in my sleep. She goes, I know, me too. I feel that we are created as entrepreneurs by the creator. In other words, 
Give us a problem and we will fix that problem even in our sleep. I love that. I love that about life. So I just thought I would say that because it was on my mind and I know where I'm going to put that damn door now. Our next guest is a lady named Devora Zach. She is author of The Cactus and Snowflake at Work. I know. Hold on. We're going to ask her. Devorah is a Washington Post bestselling author and global keynote speaker with books in 45 languages. Her clients include the Smithsonian, Pfizer, Delta Airlines, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. She has been featured by the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, ABC TV, CNN, NBC, Sirius XM, and many others. She graduated with honors from Cornell University with an MBA and University of Pennsylvania, BA, and is the author of, check this out, listen to the names of these books, Networking for People Who Hate Networking. I love that. Managing for People Who Hate Managing. Beautiful. Oh, oh, and Single Tasking. And then her latest book, and I'm going to bring her up right now and talk about what in the world, Devora, is the cactus and snowflake at work. What is that? <laughs> So the subtitle tells it all, okay. how the logical and sensitive can thrive side by side. The way we came up with the title, however, was really a group effort from my publisher, Barrett Kohler. It takes yeah. a village to write and title a book, I've learned, and is based on Carl Jung's personality typology, Ooh. who called this dimension of personality thinkers and feelers. But we didn't think that sounded very fun or compelling or memorable, so we took it upon ourselves to rename this aspect of personality and to call what used to be called the thinkers cacti and what used to be called the feelers snowflakes. And so far it's worked out great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right on the edge of being like, Oh, what could this be about? Well, let's talk about the common misconceptions about thinkers and feelers. So the biggest misconception, the two biggest is that people think they're one or the other. So thinkers, feel and feelers think. So everyone has a little bit of the cactus and snowflake inside of them. So that which brings us to the second misconception, which is, are there just two types of personalities? And the answer to that is no, of course not. There's many nuances to who we are. And there's a lot of aspects of personality that, that play off of and intertwine with this component of personality. However, even within this component of personality, the thinker and and feeler, or as we now say, the cactus and snowflake, most of us are somewhere in the middle. So picture a continuum. It's not just there's one type of cactus and one type of snowflake. We all have our own little personalities that create a differentiation between ourselves and those around us. Let me digress for a moment here. Your website, www.myonlyconnect.com. Why that name? Myonlyconnect.com. What, what is that? So the name of my company is Only Connect Consulting, Uh and that is based on one of my favorite books by one of my favorite writers, and it's Howard's End is the book, and the first page of the book says Only Connect. That's all it says on the Mm. first page, and it's really always struck me, so I named my company after that, and it means that, to me, it means that really the, the most important thing is connecting with ourselves, with others. And it says only connect because it seems like it's so simple, but it's also very profound and challenging. What I like about this, and I I told you this before we get started, I I probably get pitched 25 a day, 25 authors, 25 story pitches. And, you know, a very few fraction of them can make it through because I, I only do one show a week. 
But yours, I love the kind of the intuitive nature of it. I love. I think I also love that it works in life and in business. And since this is, of course, Entrepreneur Weekly Radio Show, we care that you know it's about the business. But my God, we all live too, and we live. A lot of entrepreneurs live at our businesses because that is our life. So these things are so important that they dovetail so that we can have that work-life balance because really work-life is, it's, that's all there is for most entrepreneurs. I don't know about balance things. Right. It just is. Your, your life is an, an ecosystem. So right. if one piece of your life ecosystem is out of whack, then it's going to influence everything else. So you want to be in tune with all different components of who you are professionally and personally. Do you want me to share the three main differences between cacti and snowflakes? Yes, please. In case people are listening and thinking, well, wait a minute, I still don't get it. What's a thinker or feeler or cactus or snowflake? So in a nutshell, the cactus leads with his or her head. The snowflake leads with the heart. And cacti are primarily logical, and they value being logical. Snowflakes are primarily sensitive, which they value very highly. The second is that the cactus is analytical in making decisions using reason. The snowflake is empathetic in making decisions using feelings. And then the third is that the cacti pride themselves on being direct in conversations, whereas the snowflake prides themselves on being diplomatic in conversations. So they both have superpowers. We're all three-dimensional, yep. and most of us are a blend of each. Mm. What would you say that the, you know, the person that is listening right now and the person that you want to aim to to buy your book, what would you say is, you know, is it work, place, culture, would you think? I think it. If, if it grabs someone the idea that they want to work with people who are different from them and be successful and happy and productive, then this is the book for you. And work can be used to, we can interpret that as actually going to work, how you earn a living. It can also be that we work together, that we, we can be productive and symbiotic together yeah. in any part of our lives. I also and I believe... It's, it's, it's helpful for people who want to understand themselves better and learn how to nurture their own nature and to understand others better as well. I absolutely agree. And I think that um, like even relationships with marriages need some of this stuff. When we come back, we're going to talk about the hazards of internalizing or projecting and the difference between behavior and temperament. We should really think about these things in our lives and in our entrepreneurial endeavors. We'll be right back. And I took her to a show. I went for some candy. Along came Jim Dandy and they snuck right out the door. Well, it is Entrepreneur Weekly. Don't forget, check out our website, entrepreneur.com. And um, lots of podcasts and great stories and information to help you uh, entrepreneurs on your journey. Um, and all this kind of stuff is so important about like the hazards of internalizing or projecting. Whether you're in business or at home with your wife and your kids or your husband and your, your kids or your dog. Or you're at home by yourself with your pet mouse i don't know whatever you got <laughs> the hazards of internalizing or projecting devora zach author of the cactus and snowflake at work joining us all right this is to me what i like about it is this is just to bring the consciousness up in life in general but it really it really really 
has an amplified effect in business. Because when you're at home, you know, sometimes your 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 significant other, your kids will go, oh, that's just daddy's in a bad mood. Oh, that's just mom, she's in a bad mood. But your customers won't do that. That's it. They're like, what? Okay, thank you very much. Click. You know, I'm never calling that person back or I'm never going to that business again. So um, you got to really watch the attitude in life. So the hazards of internalizing or projecting, Devorah, what you got to say there? Well, one thing to be aware of is that we are all really different inside. People like to say we're all fundamentally the same, but we have really big differences in how we experience the world, how we respond to the same stimuli as other people. And we want to be cautious about not comparing our insides with other people's outsides. So in terms of projecting, I may think that and no one in my team respects me. They think I don't have technical expertise, which may not be the case. Maybe <laughs> nobody's thinking that. Right. But, if I, but if I have that belief, then I may project that onto people around me and create something out of nothing. So right. that's one example of, pro- of projecting. And what was the other example you were asking about? Well, there was the hazards of internalizing. So I'll give you an example. This is another good example is that we do this all the time. We project and then we internalize so that the two go together. Then we start to just boil inside. And then what comes out, you know, people, maybe you're innocent. They're not even doing this. We're just, you know, in a bad mood. Something happened and, you know, now everybody is your enemy. And then when you internalize stuff, it starts to boil. It starts to fester. And then, man, you have gigantic explosion. It's uh, never a good situation. But the other one was the difference between behavior and temperament. But go ahead. Right. So having a thin line between yourself and others that feelings and thoughts can permeate between another person and myself. So, for example, like you gave the, you said someone's in a bad mood. So I may then decide that I'm also in a bad mood. Or maybe I caused your bad right, news or all these right. things that maybe had nothing to do with me. And right. um, I suddenly create something out, out of nothing. And so I, a little acronym I use in this book is NAY, N-A-Y, and it stands for not about you. So more often than not, other people's reactions and moods and behaviors don't have to do with you directly. And, and we, both personality styles are prone to, in different ways, taking on other people's their perceptions of other people's moods when really they're just creating it in their own heads. Talking about the book um, that is The Cactus and Snowflake at Work, author Devorah Zach. Her website is myonlyconnect.com. Only Connect Consulting is her, uh, her company. The other thing a person can do, and maybe you can help, was how to transform what you think is a big deal, like we're just talking about, into a non-event. Right. So um, a lot of times what happens to me that seems significant, not only doesn't seem significant to you, especially if I'm a snowflake and you're a cactus, but it didn't even happen. Like literally no event occurred. So I'll give a fun at-home example since we were talking about how this stuff can be used at the workplace and it at one's own home. So let's say that my significant other, I'm sitting in a room reading, walks in after working outside and is on the phone and walks out of the room, doesn't acknowledge me. So if I am a snowflake who's very sensitive to energy and maybe I've had a hard day anyway, so I might get really flustered and upset and say, well, he ignored me or he's mad at me or he's a jerk or all kinds of things. He's not interested in talking to me. I make up all this stuff. Right. And then to me, this big altercation is about to take place and my evening is ruined. 
And to my significant other, he was just walking through the room while deep in thought on a phone call. Nothing happened. To him, it was literally a non-event. He walked in and out of a room. So to be aware that what's a big deal to us, people of different temperaments may not even recognize or see or acknowledge. And also for ourselves, when we blow something up, we can test the little trick I, I have in the book to see how big an event really is. And that's just to get out a regular ruler and ask yourself on a scale of 1 or 0 to 12, how likely is it that I'll even remember this event a year from now and how important is this event? <laughs> and it's rare you'll ever get above a 3. That's so right. <laughs> we can do our own reality checks also. Right. All right. Hold on. We're going to take a break, come back and talk more about this. This is really a lot of kind of, I think, psychology. The psychology of life, the human condition is so much a big part of you know, the business that we're in, whether we're in a business working for a company or whether you're an entrepreneur trying to run a company. All these things are things you must give deep thought to as you go forward. Take a little break. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Again, our website, entrepreneur.com. If you want to read uh, Devorah's book, Devorah Zach is her name, www.myonlyconnect.com. Be right back. Are you paying too much for business insurance? Do you have critical gaps in your coverage? Entrepreneur Insurance can help you find out. In 6 out of 10 policies, business owners are paying too much for property, general liability, or workers' comp insurance. Entrepreneur Insurance can help you identify ways to save and any gaps in coverage. Head to entrepreneur.com slash insurance to complete the questionnaire and get a personalized quote. It's an easy way to find out if you're paying too much. Again, that's entrepreneur.com slash insurance. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Our guest today is Devorah Zach, author of The Cactus and, oh yes, The Snowflake at Work. Actually, I did that wrong. It's The Cactus and Snowflake at Work. I don't want to get that wrong. You can buy it where books are sold everywhere or her website. You can check her out and uh, maybe use her as a consulting person for you. The only It's the only Connect consulting company, basically, at myonlyconnect.com. And she's written a lot of different books that are all very kind of fun. Managing for people who hate managing. Uh, am I looking under the psychology section or business section when I'm looking for your books? Because they're all, they're all a lot of psychology. You know, I, when I'm in a bookstore looking for my books, it's... They're put all over the place in so many different sections. So, <laughs> right? It's anyone's guess, but they're really a combination between personal development and business. There you go, personal development. Okay. How to have more positive and productive interactions at work. We could all use that. Give it to us. So, one is to give people the benefit of the doubt. So, most people are doing their best, and also, thoughts and feelings are not facts. So just because someone has a thought about someone else or a feeling about how things are going, that doesn't make it mean it's true. And one way to 
give people the benefit of the doubt is to focus on what we can control. A lot of times when we're in workplace relationships, we're constantly judging other people and thinking that they should be a different way or they should change. And I, I say kind of tongue in cheek in the book to mind your own business, to decide that everyone else is fine how they are. They're exactly, in fact, how they're supposed to be. And we're the ones that we can change or improve. So there's only three things in the entire world that we have direct control over. And those are our own thoughts, our own words, and our own actions. So if you want better relationships with others, start with that and decide that it's up to you to meet people where they're at. Because most people, they're just not that skilled or not that self-aware. So leave people alone. Stop hitting your head against the wall and work with what you can control in the world, which is your reactions, your responses. Totally. Wouldn't the world be a better place if we could all do that? Oh, my gosh, right? Let me ask you. And also just decide what matters most to you. A lot of times we want to be right so bad, like it's so painful because of cognitive dissonance to think, oh, I had this belief and I was wrong. So just letting that go and thinking what matters the most, having well-functioning, respectful relationships or being right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. Pride goeth before the fall. Sometimes it's better to have a little humility like we were talking earlier before the show. One more question. I've noticed with, you know, through the years that I've been doing this and probably, I don't know, maybe the thousands of interviews, there seems to be that some folks that are put in high positions, even if it's managing people, that's it's higher than somebody because they're having to manage downstream. So do you have a mechanism? I notice a lot of people in these um, high power positions, meditate. I'm just curious if there's any meditation in any of what you do in your disciplines. Meditation can be done in many different ways. It can be a moving meditation, a writing meditation, a walking, or a traditional meditation where you um, breathe and focus on your breath. And different types are going to resonate with different people. So it's definitely an avenue worth pursuing for many. In this book, I talk about something that's kind of like a cousin of that, which is mantras. And I have, as you know, the book is interactive and has different sections on activities to try. And one of them is about how to create a mantra and how having just a short phrase that you repeat to yourself in your mind can help transform the way you react to things in the world at work and, and at home and in your own brain. So right. that's another, another tool that people can explore with when they're working on improving their engagements with each other and internally also starting with what's internal with themselves. You mentioned a, a little bit earlier about the difference between behavior and temperament. Yep. People sometimes get a little confused about that. And you might be a really strong cactus, but you can take on some of the temperament or styles of a snowflake in order to be effective as a leader because right. you know that, that you need to meet other people where they're at to motivate people in different ways. Right. Um, however, just because you take on different behaviors and have a bigger toolbox of how you engage in the world, that doesn't mean you've changed your innate temperament. Temperaments are more permanent, uh, but we're not limited by them. It's just our core, where we, where we start with, where right. we start from. And well, I guess new behavior doesn't indicate a new temperament. The, the biggest question is, you guys out there listening can find out, what are you, a cactus or a snowflake at work? That's the name of the book, The Cactus and Snowflake at Work. You can find it where books it are sold. And you can find out who you are. There you go. Perfect. Uh, Devorah Zach, thank you. So in love. 
Thank you so much. It was great talking with you. Very interesting. This is Entrepreneur Weekly. We'll see you next week. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated.